From E-Town Hall in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains, it's E-Town with more of our 30th anniversary celebration. This week featuring guests from our 2002 season, including Guy Clark, Susanna Baca, Jack Johnson, Olden in the Gray, John Gorka, the Fairfield Four, and more. I'm Helen Forster. Right now, here comes Nick Forster. Thank you, Helen. Welcome to E-Town, everybody. All right, Thanksgiving is behind us. The Christmas lights are up, and all of that is coming. Here at E-Town, we continue to deliver the gifts, not unlike what Ebenezer Scrooge experienced. We are visiting the ghosts of E-Town past in order to better experience where we are now and even where we're heading. As we explore our 30 years on the air, it's pretty remarkable to hear all the music, all of the interviews with the musicians, chats with the politicians and the scientists and authors. We were curating a show every week. It was designed to entertain, but also to broaden horizons, deepen connections to other cultures, and awaken our interest in sustainability in its many forms. And we also dealt with a lot of logistics during those years, lots of travel and hotels and booking and flights and rehearsal. But the fact is, there's so much good stuff that we were able to capture, and we have the proof. It's here every week, and here comes some more. We're starting this week with two songs from a show we recorded in Austin, Texas, back in 2002. This show featured two bands that were already legendary, Los Lobos and the briefly reformed version of the very brief bluegrass band Old and in the Way. This time they're called Old and in the Gray, but up first we've got Cesar Rosas singing about the light of his life on E-Town from 2002. Here's Los Lobos from Austin, Texas. Cuando you and me, we were just cheeky We would always run through the tall nopal We would always say, say to each other There could be no fin, siempre los dos Was a time you played me, sang me your canción. But when I heard your voice, you do melody. You so touched my heart and so moved my soul. Get 
Los Lobos, Louis Perez, Conrad Lozano, Steve Berlin, Victor Bassetti, Cougar Estrada, Cesar Rosas, David Hidalgo, Los Lobos, right here in E-Town. Austin, Texas, kind of like our hometown, we feel right at home. It's a college town that's uh, got a mind of its own. A lot of feisty stuff goes on around here, and we like that. Back in 1973, Peter Rowan, David Grisman, and Jerry Garcia got together to play bluegrass music. They had gone on to play other things, but they got back together to play some, some music that they loved. They recruited John Kahn and uh, Vassar Clements, and they formed a very short-lived band called Olden in the Way. And for many years, the record that those guys made was the highest-selling bluegrass record in history. It was a big, huge deal. They introduced also a whole generation of fans to bluegrass music who wouldn't have found it otherwise because they were deadheads living in their cars, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but in any event, they, uh, they figured it out. They found their way to bluegrass thanks to these guys. We've got the three surviving members of the band, David Grisman, Peter Rowan, and Vassar Clements, are here with us along with... Uh, Right from right here in Texas on the bass, Bryn Bright and of course Banjo Kingpin, Mr. Herb Peterson. They just made a new record, but before we bring him out, I want to talk to Vassar Clements. Vassar, if I get this right, you started playing with Bill Monroe, I think was it 1949? 49. 49. Yeah. <laughs> Been a little while. And, uh, and you came in right after the, uh, the original fiddle player, uh, Chubby Wise, is that mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And Chubby's from Florida. Uh-huh. And you're from Florida. That's right. Was that one of the rules that he had to get? A well, I copied him. Yeah? You know, that's the way I got the job. <laughs> <laughs> Was he the guy you kind of paid attention to He's and listened to? He's the guy to? I copied. Yeah. He has uh, uh, the prettiest tone yeah. I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. He could hit one string anywhere and just put cold hill bumps on me. Yeah. Uh, he was just the smoothest I've ever heard. Yeah, he's really. a great fiddle player. And now you went on to playing, you stayed in bluegrass music for a long time, you played with Jim and Jesse and had your own band at some point, but then you got a call from these guys to go out to California and play this gig with Peter and David and Jerry and John. Was that like a departure for you or was that just kind of more of the same? 
Well, I didn't know what was happening, really. Uh, I was glad I did, but uh, I came home off the road, and uh, my wife said, you've got to go to Boston tomorrow, I believe it was, and uh, rehearse with a group called Olden and the Way. And I flew to Boston and met these guys, and we became friends real quick. And you know, certain people, it seems like, from different groups or different musical backgrounds, when you get that group together, it sounds different. It gels. That's the reason I think this does. And I've been proud of it ever since. I'm glad I did. David Grisman, let me just ask you, how did this whole thing get started back in 1973? We just got together in Jerry's living room to play for kicks, and Jerry was the kind of guy that if something sounded good, he was ready to book the gig, so. Yeah. But nobody, nobody was really trying to do anything to or, you know, bluegrass or, and we were just having fun, you know, yeah. we were playing these small little roadhouses. Right. And then we did one tour on the East Coast, and that's when we called up Vassar, yeah. uh, because Vassar was our one of our yeah. big heroes. Yeah, he's the know. guy. Still is. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to get back to music. Please welcome to E-Town, Olden in the Gray.
Herb Peterson on the banjo, David Christman on the mandolin, Ben Bright on the bass, Mr. Peter Rowan on the guitar, Bachelor Clemens on the fiddle, Olin in the gray. All right, Jack Johnson. Any, anybody want to trade places? You ever had to do an interview in front of 850 people? Anybody? Uh, <laughs> it can't be, uh, can't be much different from singing a song in front of 800 people. It is for some reason. I yeah. Don't know. yeah. Well, the thing that's a mystery to me is when you listen to it, it reminds me of uh, being on the beach. I don't know how that gets in there. Is that where you wrote the songs, or is that uh, what you kind of imagine in your mind? Is that the setting? Yeah, more or less. A lot of the songs are written, you know, at the beach or just in the front yard hanging out. And a lot of times I'll, everything will be happening too much for a few months, and then I'll go on a surf trip, and you finally have time to kind of think about everything, yeah. you know, piece it together. Playing music is a little less dangerous. You had a serious accident surfing, right? Yeah. Um, I yeah. split my head right here. Got like 150 stitches, and these are fake teeth in the front. And this they look good, though. Came. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> If you go to a, like a rave or something and there's black light going, if I smile, it's the ugliest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> These teeth don't shine like the rest of them. They're like, this one's like all dark right here. It's really bad. It's not so good. I suspect that's a little known trivia question that maybe some <laughs> will show up sometime. Yeah. And uh, let me ask you one more thing before we get back to music. You're, you spend a lot of time surfing. You spend a lot of time in the water. I know it's something that means a lot to you. When, if you're away from it for too long, you start to miss it. Do you notice, uh, are you impacted ever by the condition of the water? Are you worried about that? Is pollution or impact of the cities that you surf near, does that affect your experience as a surfer? Yeah, definitely. Um, lucky to grow up in Hawaii. You know, it's really clean over there. And then Moving to California, there's nice places too, but some areas are really dirty, and there's a spot I surf a lot called Rincon. When it, when it rains real hard and the river breaks open, you get sick usually when you surf it, but the waves are so good, you do anyways. But, um, so we, do, we try to do as many shows for um, Heal the Ocean as a group out there, and there's a group called Surfrider Foundation. They're both wonderful. Right. You know? yeah. So we do a lot of benefits for them and just kind of try to volunteer our time yeah. for that stuff. Yeah, no, it's important. Yeah. I think, I think it's especially important because you have an audience, you have an opportunity to reach a lot of people, and it certainly directly affects you if you're in the water all the time. So it's great to aim in that direction. Anyway, we're going to get back to music. Glad you're here. Welcome back, if you would, to E-Town, Mr. Jack Johnson. We're going to invite Nick Forrester to come and play some slide for us. Ben Harper gave you... Uh, Major props the other day when I talked to him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he really did. it up next time I know she knows it's not right There ain't no use in lying Well maybe she thinks I know something Maybe, maybe she thinks it's fine Or maybe she knows something I 
California, Mr. Jack Johnson. Did a great job. Thank you, Jack Johnson. We'll be back with more of some of the best moments from our 2002 season of E-Town shows after a short break. This portion of E-Town is made possible by the Bohemian Foundation, building stronger communities through the Bohemian qualities of creativity and imagination. On the web at bohemianfoundation.org. You're listening to E-Town. 
I'm Nick Forster. We've got lots of music coming up. But before we do that, one of the cooler things we did in 2002 was to have an interview with the crew on the International Space Station. It's crazy, I know. But here it comes. A friend of mine reminded me that it was only 65 years from the Wright brothers' first flight to the walk on the moon. And uh, while there have always been dreams of living in space, it's actually up there right now. There's manned space station is up there, pretty wild. So after having seen this little site, we contacted NASA and asked if we might get permission to uh, talk to the guys in the space station to see what it's like looking down on our little blue planet. And uh, remarkably, they said yes. And uh, so I did a little homework. I began to learn about the place. The International Space Station has about the same living space in it as about three average American houses. On Earth, it would weigh a quarter of a million pounds, and of course, it's weightless in space. It's a cooperative effort. In a way, it's a product of a very competitive and fear-based space race between the Soviet Union, the former Soviet Union, and the U.S., and now the uh, commander of the crew is uh, Russian with the two American flight engineers. And these three guys um, are up there. They've been up there for more than six months, traveling around the world literally at 17,500 miles an hour, conducting experiments, and in fact, kind of being experiments themselves. So we had to go through mission control in Houston to make this whole thing happen. And we're going to join them now in orbit 240 miles above the Earth. Houston, this is Alpha. We are ready. E-Town, this is Houston. Please call Alpha for a voice check. Alpha, this is E-Town. How do you hear me? E-Town, this is Alpha. We have you loud and clear. Welcome aboard. Thank you. This is Commander Colonel Yuri Onyufrienko and Flight Engineer Daniel Bursch, Flight Engineer Carl Walls, Yuri, Carl, and Daniel. First of all, to help us all get a sense of where you guys are, could one of you kind of float over to the window and tell us what you see? It's uh, nighttime now, but uh, we have a computer that tells us right now we're over Australia. Australia. I understand that there's an awful lot of maintenance work in addition to the science that you uh, are working on up there. How would you describe that ratio, science to maintenance and repair? You know, we're probably running, I would say, about 60-40 in favor of science. I think we do a lot of science. And, of course, our living up here, you know, we ourselves are... Uh, in a way, scientific specimens will be studied when we get back on the ground. So what we eat, uh, the way we exercise, all that um, will be taken into account when we get back to Earth. And so I'm thinking maybe 60, 40, maybe 70, 30 in favor of science. Yeah. Let me talk a little bit about that view out the window. The first photograph that we saw that came from space of planet Earth in a way, that image with no borders, only the natural systems, mountains, rivers, oceans, in a way that kind of created the environmental movement as we know it today. When you look down at the Earth now, does it change in any way your perception of the state of the planet, or does it make you more concerned for the health of the planet than you were before you saw that view? I think um, everyone who sees the Earth for the first time from space, you kind of cringe any time that you see a lot of... Uh, man-made smoke or uh, any burning. Certainly some of the disasters we don't have any control over, whether it's a volcanic eruption, but the Earth is very beautiful, and each part of the Earth has its own distinct colors and uh, characteristics. And you're right, we really can't see borders. At times, you might be able to pick out a border, but it may be just because of the different way that they're using the land or the soil, so agricultural differences. But um, 
it definitely does make you aware that the Earth is a living thing. And I remember uh, Kathy Thornton, former astronaut, who always said that, you know, we always talk about having to take care of the Earth, or, but really we need to take care of the Earth because of us. We really need to take care of ourselves. In taking care of the Earth, we take care of ourselves because if we don't take care of the Earth, then we're not going to survive as a species. We don't have a lot of time left. I'd like to ask the three of you, you're living in very confined space up there. Does music play a role at all? Do you listen to music? Do you make a little music? Is that part of your life up there? Well, yeah, it turns out that uh, music plays a big role. You know, of course, we have uh, CDs that we play when we work out, when we uh, ride the bikes and exercise, or just to have on while we're uh, living in space. And, of course, we also uh, brought along some musical instruments. It so happens that... I have a small keyboard right, up here, cool. and uh, so I can uh, play that as well here, and we also have a guitar as well, so I've been learning how to play the guitar. I play the keyboard back home, but uh, the guitar is a new thing uh, that I picked up uh, here in my free time. Well, Carl, if we get a chance to do this again, maybe you and I can set up a little jam session so we can make some music from space down to Earth. That would be fun. Okay, oh, that sounds good. Last question for you. What do our listeners need to know? in order to get more connected, more excited about the work that you guys are doing up there? I think, well, one of the ways is uh, NASA has a website. Uh, they've been posting a lot of the pictures that we take from space uh, on that website. I think, uh, in other ways, it's uh, one of the things that I think a lot of times people miss is just the international aspect of space right now. To me, I think that's one of the biggest leaps forward uh, that we've done. Uh, because I think the beginning of the space program was uh, born out of uh, competition, and now I think really the way to grow and for the whole planet to grow in so many ways is going to be in the spirit of uh, cooperation, and I think a lot of people just miss that when they start thinking about the, uh, I mean, it's in the name International Space Station, but for some reason I think uh, it's one of the biggest achievements, I think, of the International Space Station is how closely we're working together with Russia and all the other countries as part of this program. Thank you guys so much for being with us. That's the International Space Station. Really appreciate you taking the time to visit with us here in E-Town. It's been our pleasure, uh, E-Town. Alpha, this is Houston ACR. That concludes the event. Thank you, E-Town. Alpha, we are resuming space travel. Okay, that was wild. There is video floating around somewhere from that chat with the space station in which you can see their weightlessness. But anyway, that was another aspect of our 2002 season. We are moving on. We've got music from the Fairfield Four from singer-songwriter John Gorka. But up first, Lucy Kaplansky was living in Lower Manhattan on September 11th in 2001. And she wrote a song that talks about her experience at that time. And here she is. From the E-Town stage back in 2002, Lucy Kaplansky. Thank you. I want to do a new song. <clears throat> so I live in downtown Manhattan, <clears throat> in Greenwich Village. And I was uh, home on September 11th, and I saw a lot of what happened that morning out my window. And then I was home over the next few days, and my neighborhood was um, completely transformed. 
And then I saw my friend John Gorka a few weeks later. We did some shows together, and we realized that the last time we had seen each other was August 30th, singing at the World Trade Center, where they had a music series in the plaza. And it was beautiful, perfect summer night. And it would have been memorable anyway. And John told me I should write down the things I saw. Late afternoon back in New York town Waking up as the wheels touch down Pick up my guitar and walk away Wish I was going home to stay Line of taxis, I wait my turn Tar and asphalt, exhaust and fumes Beside the road on a patch of ground Taxi drivers are kneeling down Beneath the concrete sky I watch them pray While the people of the world hurry on their way I think they're praying for us all today The stories that fell from the sky that day This is the land of the living This is the land that's mine Still watches over Manhattan She's still holding on to that torch for life Back home fire still burning, I can see it in the air Pictures of faces posted everywhere They say hazel eyes, chestnut hair Mother of two Missing down there, I pass the firemen on duty tonight Carpets of flowers and candlelight And thank you in a child's scrawl Taped to the Third Street firehouse wall The shadows of the lost on the faces I see Brothers and strangers on this island of grief There's death in the air, but there's life on the street There's life on the street this is the land of the living This is the land that's mine She still watches over Manhattan She's still holding on to that torch He said, Hudson Street, please He started the meter and he looked at me I glanced at his name on the back of his seat And I looked out the window at the ghost-filled streets I noticed cuts on his hand and his face And I said, you're bleeding, are you okay? He said, not so good, got beat up today And I'm not one of them, no matter what they say I'm just worried about my family My wife's in the house and she's scared to leave didn't know what to say Didn't know what to say But I said a prayer for him anyway This is the land of the living 
This is the land that's mine She still watches over Manhattan She's still holding on to that torch for life Holding on for Nick has joined me. Oh, the whole band is there. Oh, excellent. And Helen is on my right. Okay, this is a song that was, uh, came to me by way of rumors uh, about some old friends of mine that I'd lost touch with. I felt kind of helpless. It sounded like they were in trouble with various substances, legal and illegal. So I wrote this song in that helpless state of mind. This is called Blue Chalk. So I wonder how she's doing I hate it when the rumors fly They give off such a strange sense of mission When your helplessness on high But she would never run from strangers She sang alone like a bell will toll Way above all the clang and the clatter Out of fear of her demon soul Maybe none of this is my business And none of what I hear is true I am far from the mint condition Circulation's hard on you Hold tight, hang tough Love's not enough To keep you off that stuff To save you Hold tight, hang tough Love's not enough off that stuff to save you now. Mm. Oh. always find the holes in the bottles even when the blindfold on never kept his seat on the wagon rolling off like a rolling stone blue chalk between his fingers hustling a pool room song he always kept the line for the singers pointing his cue right from Rome tight hang tough love's not enough to keep you off that stuff to save you hold tight hang tough love's not enough to keep you off that stuff 
So I wonder how she's doing I hate it when the rumors fly They give off such a strange sense of mission When your helplessness on high But she would never run from strangers She sang alone like a bell will toll Way above all the clang and the clatter Out of fear of her demon soul Fairfield Four. So glad you're back with us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Does anybody wonder? That's uh, Dickie Freeman. Anybody wonder what part he sings in the choir? <laughs> I don't think so. So uh, how are you feeling? I'm feeling fine. You? Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. It's so nice to be back. Yeah. Could it's you been just, a while. Yeah, it's been a little while. A little too long. But, uh, you know, I think there's all kinds of exciting things going on with you. Just to be clear, I gave you this introduction that made it sound like all of you would have been over 100 years old. Yeah. And uh, I, it's not fair to you. Uh, no, 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 it's not fair. <laughs> you see, you see, Dick, the reason I say that is this. See, this group started in 1921, and uh, I wasn't there. <laughs> uh, I wasn't, now, I'm not, I'm not trying to pretend like I'm young. Because yeah. those days are gone forever. But all I'm trying to tell you is that God has been good to us. <laughs> well, let, let's talk a little bit about how good that's been lately. So, so you've been uh, recording. I mean, you know, the last little while you've been recording with all kinds of people. And I mentioned some of them at the top. Uh, John Fogarty, Elvis right. Costello, all these people right. like that. Are there any that you're particularly proud of, or they just all, it's all good work? All good work. Yeah. Proud of all of them. And now the movie thing, the Oh Brother, Where Art oh, Thou? Oh, man. Oh, brother. <laughs> Where art thou? I'm here in E-Town. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. All right. I feel, I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that. But I don't know that anybody really had a sense of what a big deal this would turn into. It's not only sold a lot of records, but it's also, obviously, everybody who saw the film, but uh, it's turned into a series of concert tours. You've, you just recently played at Carnegie Hall again. And, sure, uh, that's and, true, that's and, true. And there's a tour that's kind of brewing that's going to take you all over the place for a while. Oh, yeah, we, uh, we enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, those are wonderful people that we uh, work with. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm really... That's something I love to do. Yeah, well, it's, it sounds like you love to do it. It sounds like you all love to do it. We and, do. And again, I'm just happy that you all could come back and be with us here for our big anniversary show. I think it's been, what, 10 years? 10 years was the first time. Is it, is, have you not been back since then? What was I thinking? Boy, that was a long time. That was a long time. You forgot about me. I didn't forget about you, really. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what album, man? <laughs> well, in any event, I'm glad you're back, and I'm sorry it's taken so long. Hey, I'm, I'm glad you had us back, yeah. man. I'm glad right. you had us all back. All right, Dick. Sure am. 
We'll, we'll spend a little time later on. But anyway, we're going to get back to music. Really glad they're all here. And, and once again, just welcome back to Fairfield 4. Thank you. I'm gonna lay down my burden down by the riverside. Way down by the riverside. I'm gonna lay down my burden way down by the riverside. Lord, to study. Y'all know that I fail. I'm gonna lay down my burden down by the I'm gonna lay down my burden down by, down by the rivers. Lord, I to study He won't no more. Well, I ain't gonna study won't no more. Lord, I ain't gonna study won't no more. Lord, I ain't gonna study, study won't no Fairfield Four, I'm over in Nashville, Tennessee. Mr. James Pfizer, Isaac Dickey Freeman, Wilson Waters, Robert Hamlet, Joseph Rice. Such a great sound, the Fairfield Four. That was the Fairfield Four. We'll be back with music and conversation from Guy Clark, Susanna Baca, and more after a short break. Your visit to E-Town is made possible in part by the Scientific and Cultural Facilities District, or SCFD, one of the largest cultural funding mechanisms in the United States, supporting nearly 300 organizations in the greater Denver area. You're listening to E-Town.
I'm Nick Forster. I'd like to say hello to our listeners who hear E-Town on stations like WMFE in Orlando, Florida, on KPND in Sandpoint, Idaho, and on WKMS in Murray, Kentucky. As always, if you want some more information about any of our guests or you want to learn more about what we're up to here at E-Town, lots of information is available online at etown.org. Welcome back to our continued celebration of 30 years on the air for E-Town. We are now going to go to the E-Town stage from back in 2002 with a conversation and a song with one of the best-loved Texas songwriters, the late Guy Clark. Well, it's good to hear you sing and play, guys. Just well, great to have you back, man. Thanks, man. Good songs. You sure sound like you. <laughs> I don't think I have much choice. <laughs> no, that's a good thing. I mean, it's a, it's a really good thing to have a distinctive sound. And uh, in a way, you're the, or one of the kind of, uh, not elder, I don't want to use that word, but, you know, you're one of the statesmen of the Texas songwriting clan. Uh, there's a whole wonderful thing about Texas songwriters, and I don't know exactly how to describe it, but there's a, it seems like it has to do with storytelling. Yeah, mostly stuff you can't make up. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, with that in mind, let's, uh, let's, let's think about, uh, you know, back there in Monahans, Texas, yeah. when you were a kid, what was on the radio when you were listening to uh, I remember uh, Hank Williams, of course, deck of cards, this is during the Korean War, you know, really good. And, and I'm not even sure it was on the radio. It was mostly jukeboxes and joints, you know. Yeah. Was there a song that you learned and practiced and came home and said to your grandmother, hey, listen to this, I can do this thing? I don't think so. I don't think we really wanted my grandmother to know where I'd learned those songs. (laughs) (laughs) But you learned them anyway. You learned some songs in Spanish, too, down there, didn't you? Yeah. First year I played guitar, I didn't really know any songs in English. The person who taught me. Uh, a woman named Lola Bonner. Was in, this is in South Texas, and uh, that's all I knew. Yeah. And then when you moved to Houston, mm. uh, you started hanging around, of course, Towns, Van Zant, but also there was a couple of guys that people really talk about, Lightning Hopkins and Mance yeah. Lipscomb, yeah. as guys that just sort of changed the world for a lot of players that came into their uh, mm-hmm. circle. Yeah. And I, I wonder if you can help me understand uh, why they played such a big role for so many people. Well, they were the real deal for us. I mean, we're just young white boys, you know, trying to be cool. And, uh, I mean, these guys were the serious, serious good blues players, you know. And, you know, just put up with us. Yeah. (laughs) Did they hang out with you? you... No, we tried to hang out with them, but (laughs) we didn't get very far. Yeah. (laughs) It's great to have those influences and those role models, and they're getting harder and harder to find these days. Yeah, real deal musicians mm-hmm. who just grew up in the thick of that tradition and didn't ever did and never did anything else really. Um, let me ask you about your as a songwriter. You know, you uh, have had a lot of success. Other people cutting your songs. The mm-hmm. Everly Brothers were the first mm-hmm. people to cut any of your songs. Yeah. Uh, Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash, Ricky Skaggs, Towns, of course, and Rodney Crowell, Tammy Wynette. I mean, do you have any favorite uh, versions of your tunes that have been cut by other people? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> But in order to, <laughs> to protect the innocent. Now, my favorite, uh, y'all remember the uh, great cowboy actor Slim Pickens? 
Well, Slim Pickens read Desperado's Waiting for a Train as a poem over the music, and it's still just the most spine-tingling thing I've ever heard. Like a recitation. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Wow. It's very cool. We are lucky, all of us who've been, uh, you know, who bumped into your music over the past uh, couple of decades, we're just lucky to find these songs that just ring true. And uh, glad you're here. Welcome back, if you would, along with his pal Verlon Thompson, Mr. Guy Clark. Thanks. Road and a 
some land I own So pack up all your dishes Make note of all good wishes Say goodbye to the landlord for me Son of a bitch has always bored me That's Mr. Guy Clark, one of the great songwriters in this country, along with his pal Verlin Thompson. We've got time for one more song. Thanks to all of our guests and, of course, to our production team here at E-Town who put this highlight show together featuring music from 2002. That includes Donna Giardina, who is actually retiring at the end of this month after 30 years of working at E-Town. We are going to struggle without her. We were lucky to have so much of your time. Thank you, Donna. Thanks also to Todd Ayers, Zach Littlefield, and special thanks to Helen Forster. We are going to close out with a song from Susanna Baca. Most of us got to know Susanna Baca through her association with David Byrne and his label Luacabab. But she was a big star in her native Peru. She was a champion of all Afro-Peruvian culture. She won three Latin Grammys. And about 10 years after her visit to E-Town, she was named Peru's Minister of Culture, only the second Afro-Peruvian cabinet minister in the history of Peru. Here's Susana Baca and her band connecting all the dots between Africa and Peru. I'm Nick Forster. Thank you for listening. Hope you can be with us next week, right here in E-Town.
Distribution of E-Town is made possible by our family of sponsors, this station, and listeners like you. This is a production of E-Town. All right, there you have it. Some of the best moments from our 2002 season. Thanks to all our guests from this week's program who shared their archived performances with us. Guy Clark, Susanna Baca, Jack Johnson, Olden and the Gray, Lucy Kaplansky, John Gorka, The Fairfield Four, Los Lobos. And it was cool revisiting the old conversation with the International Space Station from almost 20 years ago. I'm Nick Forster. Thanks for listening.